Good morning. Good morning. Right now it is 9 o'clock. This is KHEA Radio. I have some special guests in studio. I got Luke and Jessica from the Moore Memorial Public Library. Good morning, folks. How y'all doing? Good doing, morning. Doing good. Doing great. Jessica, this is our first time to meet. Yes. I'm We're, excited you're here. Are you excited to be here? Me. Yes. <laughs> Did Luke <laughs> force you to come? Did Luke was like, you're coming with me. You're going to have fun today. That's, That's how we exactly do it at the library. That's exactly what happened. At Moore Memorial Public Library, <laughs> fun is mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a lot of cool stuff going on. Y'all got some awesome events coming up. I've been uh, following along and, and also copied on an email. So yeah. that, hel- that helps as well. <laughs> it does. That helps as well. So we're going to go ahead and get this going on the FM, and we're going to jump into it. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you so much for taking the time. Feel free to share this video out. Let me know what you got going on today, and are you excited to partake in all of the festivities that the library is still doing, even though they are currently not open? No, closed. The work does not stop. The fun and the reading and the knowledge and the learning does not stop. The train keeps going. Doesn't even slow down. Doesn't. Hey, Sped what's up. the motto? Learn more. Read more, do more. That's right. It's like the the Astros who won yesterday, the the coal train. They say there's a coal front coming to New York. Yeah. <laughs> and the Astros are rolling, so we're rooting for them. If you are too, let me know. Uh, we're, we're excited about, I mean, that. I'm, I'm rooting for another World Series, another World Series oh, win. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Go H-Town. Yeah. It's going to be fun. They can do it. It's going to be fun. So here we go. Uh, again, let me know. This is KGA Radio, 99.5 FM. Good morning. This is KGA 99.5. I'm Guardi. It's 9.02 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Is that accurate? Is it Wednesday? Sometimes my it days is. get mixed up. Pump day. It is. It's Wednesday. I got I got Luke. We have Jessica in from the Moore Memorial Public Library. Good morning. How are y'all today? Doing, doing great. Th- fantastic. Thank y'all for making time and coming and hanging out with me. Fantastic. Love doing it. I love to learn about all the new stuff that's going on. And one of the new things that that happened today so far is I got to meet a new friend. I got I have Jessica here in studio. Greetings. And can you can you share what your role is at the library right there in Texas City? So I am the adult services librarian at the Texas City Library, and with that is um, especially coming up in this new year, we're going to be building up our adult programming, uh, creating more access and uh, outreach for job seekers is one of our our big goals is making sure we have uh, some adult basic education as far as computers and collaborating with local uh, businesses as well as organizations that are going to be promoting job opportunities and uh, also helping with those basic skills helping people get their resumes and cover letters set up and just those skills that they need and their job seeking, especially with this, all the new technologies and things going, because that makes people very, very nervous. And many people aren't as familiar with, you know, uh, just even design. They don't realize mm-hmm. that things have to look a certain way or they need to promote themselves certain ways now um, in application processes and in interviews and things like that. So jobs, health, we're going to be building up some of our health programs with health information and providing those resources for uh, patrons. Um, <clears throat> and then it's going to be hobby activities, just getting our adults involved in not necessarily the, I mean, we always want children involved in our teens, but getting their, their uh, the people who don't necessarily have children and teens involved in the community, building up um, our seniors program 
And then a huge thing that we're going to do, anyone interested in volunteering at the library should definitely contact us. Uh, now we'll be creating a list, um, is building up an adult volunteering program. So keeping people engaged in the community and in all the resources that are available. We really want to be a hub for people to search for all the different activities um, health services, social services, and things like that, they know that they can come to us and we can help them find any of the uh, information, all the information that they need, that kind of thing. Cool. Hey, Luke, why is it important to have programming and, you know, things for adults to do? Well, you know, there's so much great stuff out there that is actually free that there's almost a problem of there being too much and you having to go so many places and since we're getting these new two group study rooms, we're going to be able to really uh, expand the kind of programming we can do. We can do programming that meets every day for a whole week and not worry about our meeting room being tied up um, because we can do them in one of those group study rooms. And so we can really expand programming. That's been one of the big holdbacks that's kept us from doing more of these things in the past as we just didn't have the space to put them for the things that take more, more long-term time. You know, you can do a program that's a one, two hour, three hour program. But if it's a weekly program that meets three times a week, we didn't have the space for that. And now we do. But we really want to be kind of a hub for life skills, job skills, health skills. So while we've been closed, we've also been reaching out to build up partnerships with social aid organizations, public health organizations and job seeking organizations like WorkSource and others so that we can start doing some like really intensive programming. We're working on ways of having, um, you know, electrician training that's basic, you know, starting certification so that people can get jobs in the plants. We're working on having a program where workforce comes out weekly to teach basic resume and job seeking skills. We're working on getting ESL in the library. So, we're really greatly expanding the role of adult services because now we have a place where we can put them because the library should be that. I mean, we already have resources on that that are print and electronic, and mm -hmm. we have really good librarians that are trained in how to get you to use those resources. But programming is just a great way to get people in the door because it's something you can advertise. It's hard to advertise, hey, every day we're here and we do great work with job seeking. Um, when there's an actual program in the paper that people are looking for, they see that or they see it on Facebook, they're like, oh, I'll go to that. And then they'll see that, you know, while when they're done with the program and they come out to the computers to ask for help, oh, these reference librarians can do that too. Yeah. You know, so it really brings people in in the first place so they can really see our strengths, which is, you know, having a great collection, great electronic resources, and really dedicated service. You know, what's what's cool about that, and maybe people realize, maybe they don't, but uh, those services are free. All free. It's Every free. single program free. is free. Every yeah, day. Yeah, all, all the, pro uh, you know, the programming. You, you're allowed to go use the computers yep. and even get uh, help with your resume building. Absolutely. And you're talking about even training to get started on um, certifications yep. to work at a refinery or an, yeah you know, right we're yeah. working on getting that put in and you never need a library card you don't have to be a texas city resident and it will always be free the only things that are ever going to charge is if you bring something back late or if you print something out um you know and that's the very expensive cost of 10 cents a page of paper um <laughs> which we've kept since the 80s and haven't raised um but yeah it's it's really important to us that the whole greater Galveston County area looks to the Texas City Library as a place to go for these kinds of services. Yeah. You know, and, and there's been a, a lot of growth 
in our area, even on, you know, I'm going to say on the, I guess what would be considered like the west part of town. Yes. We're like Tanger and Bucky's and all of the, the housing that's Lago going Mar. in. Lago Mar. It's, it's going nuts, you know. And, and one thing that I think would be cool, and we talked about this a little bit last time, is with the, with the census, we'll get some more accurate reading next year. Yes, we are work. There's going to be a uh, census. We're working on trying to get a census committee for the city of Texas City. They call them complete count committees. And so Texas City is really dedicated to getting every single person counted, every single child counted. Tragically, literally millions of children were uncounted in the 2010 census because it just was not People as well just done. People didn't, just didn't fill out their forms correctly, yeah. did not enter their, count their yeah. children as part of their households. And wow. the 2020 census for the first time can be done online. So the library can actually be there to help. And so we're going to partner with the census organization so that hopefully we can have census workers help and train us thoroughly so that, you know, no mistakes are made. And then but, also have some designated, uh, a designated computer or something where someone knows oh i can go immediately and fill out my census here and get assistance and there's also a telephone line that they can call if they need assistance with language yeah and there's like tons of resources and we really want to promote that and also job opportunities people can go online now this minute and apply for jobs with the census so if they're looking for resume building or if they're looking for to be able to pay bills, is they they need to go ahead and apply now with mm-hmm. uh, census.gov. And the great thing about census jobs is, you know, if you're having a hard time in life and you're getting some sort of assistance, temporary work can be you know attractive but useless because it you know you only have a temporary job but then you lose all your services. The census does not count against any services. You can work at the census. But- at least in this area, we yeah. the they yeah. got a waiver. Yeah, in, the uh, in Texas, Texas, um, uh, Texas, or the greater Houston yeah. area, yeah. where if you're on disability, you can still work for the census and not lose your services. Yeah, and there's a wow. lot of services you can do even with disabilities for the census, and you know it's not just going to be the library involved in this. We're we're bringing in you know uh, other city departments and the city as a whole, and we're trying to get the schools involved, and we're trying to get church leaders involved. So we hope it'll be a successful meeting that we have, and we think, you know, by this time uh, next week, we'll have the startings of a committee, and the week after that, hopefully they'll, uh, you know, be forming, because we have time if we start now, and every city should be doing this, because uh, the Gulf Coast area has as an average, a projected rate of anywhere between 70% and 80% at best of return by mail rate, which means 30%, 35% in some cases, 20% of residents will only be counted if they get the door-to-door count or other things. And, you know, Or they're not counted at all. Or they're not counted at all. And, you know, cities got to work together. Everyone's got to work together so this gets done right. Do you think that's because people don't realize the importance of it? There's... Is it like an education Definitely thing? Definitely, it's an education yeah. thing, and then also, of course, you know, some people are scared. Mm-hmm. They don't realize uh, that the census and filling it out, um, that if you live here, that is what you have to do, mm-hmm. and what you should do to be counted. It in no way affects your status or um, any kind of immigration thing. That I think so. Some people are just are. Uh, 
afraid to fill out the census because they'll afraid they'll affect their services and things like that. Yeah. But so definitely an education thing. So the more we can promote that this is uh, how you get more services for your community that mm-hmm. I think the more people will will fill it out and such. And they've made it easier mm-hmm. than they ever have. I won't lie. I mean, it's 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 not a, a it's it's not a very long thing to do. It's like 10 but, questions or something. You know, but when, you know, you know, in 2010 it had to be all done paper-wise and you had to if you didn't know and you were scared about answering something wrong and you know maybe you're the sole breadwinner for your family and you've got to worry about childcare and people mm-hmm. getting sick it's just something that gets put on the back burner for some people and the fear of doing something wrong and oh if i do this wrong i i might get in trouble keeps people from doing it it's going to be easier than ever to get these answers um especially since you can fill it out online, online and then also it is now legal like if you're uh families say your English isn't the first language or things like that. Your 16-year-old is now legally uh, permitted to fill out the form for the family. Mm-hmm. Previously, that wasn't legally permitted. I'm sure that it happened. Right. But um, now they're actually promoting, hey, get your, your high school student to uh, fill it out the for form. the whole family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that's an, an option. That would be make make life easier, you know, in 10 years, you know, a census every 10 years. Yeah. Right. Technology has advanced a lot. Absolutely. In 10 years, even in, in like two years, there's things out that are like mind blowing. Right. Yeah. So it's cool that they're allowing people to fill it out online and just, allow, you know, in, in a way that even I mean, the, obviously, the Internet was there. But just for us to be able to catch up and say, hey, there has to yeah. be a better way. There always is. Government technology is always five years behind, usually at best. Mm-hmm. And so in 2010, they had a lot of technology that was. 90s and 2000s technology and that's partially just you know they use it until it breaks because it's taxpayer funded and that's laudable um but because of that it's always government technology especially on a national level is always a little bit behind and so you know it's not at all surprising that it's taken until 2020 for us to do something like have an internet form they got rid of their their dos machines yeah (laughs) yeah Right now it's 9.15. This is KHEARadio.com, 99.5 FM. If you're watching on Facebook, feel free to ask some questions. Uh, let me know what you're looking forward to whenever it comes to events upcoming in Texas City. There is a comment, and this is from the Downtown 6th Street, Texas City official Facebook page. It reads, please mention all the awesome vendors and food trucks that will be at Touch a Truck. Oh. When is Touch a Truck? It's going to be awesome. I've seen videos from before. I saw Darcy hanging out like... On yeah. uh, like giant trucks and fire trucks and making a really cool video. <laughs> touch a truck is one of my favorite I, events of the year. I'm super excited. It'll be my first touch a truck. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Saturday, October the 26th, um, between 10 and 4 p.m. I'm looking at my notes so I don't forget everything. Now, the very cool thing is between 10 and 11 a.m., that is a sensory friendly time. So everything's a little bit quieter. So if you need uh, to visit with, um, children seniors people who want to go to this event but need things to be calmer the 10 a.m time is the time to go mm-hmm. um we will be hosting a pop-up library and such so we'll have a booth there we're going to be trying to be able to do library cards so at least uh, bring your id some of our residents and stuff in galveston county can check out books if wow. you have your library card. And um, our goal is to have story times also for twice mm-hmm. an hour. 
and such. So come on by. We will be doing story times. We'll have prize opportunities for some of the 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 children and such. The um, oh, we will also be giving away our new library totes. We have brand new. Uh, library totes and such to the first 300 families that visit our booth mm-hmm. and well so that's super exciting we're we haven't been giving these out yet and some of the activities we'll have at our booth we're going to have some color sheets we're also going to have uh, besides the story times we're going to have a sand table we're going to have some wooden cars and trucks for people to stop by and take a break and play with mm-hmm. you know, if they're tired of walking and such but also during our story time their student can also be student um, I was a teacher previously, so sometimes uh, the student comes out, but so that their children can also have a moment they can play and have story time at the same time. Yep. Wow. So, we, so Luke, you were at Touch a Truck last year, I, right? I was uh, there as an attendee last year. Okay. I, I went with my family. It was, It's one of the best events that Texas City does all year, and I mean... They have everything. There's arts and crafts. There's great vendors of all sorts of local foods and, and from the Galveston County area. There's all sorts of interesting things you never would think about. Last year, they had some great therapy dogs out there. That was one of the best booths everyone loved. And, you know, there's just so many different types of vehicles. Um, just Did you have a favorite? Is there one that comes to mind? Did you see something that was like, I want to drive that? And- I got to say, <laughs> I didn't do it because my kids were too young, but they were. Yeah. You, you could pay money and get in a monster truck. They had a yeah. monster truck with a large bed <laughs> and it sent like 10 people at a time or so. And you could go on a monster truck as it tore out this, uh, this field. Wait, it actually like... In the monster truck, yeah. It was, drove? You, it, it drove oh and you said, so that was crazy. I was like, okay, that was fun. <laughs> but one of my favorites had to be just some of the old timey... Uh, vehicles i just love those but they always they always surprise you every year there's something they couldn't get last year like oh we really almost got that that they'll get the next year so i'm very excited they keep some of that like a little close to the vest so that it's a nice surprise when it shows up but i mean you know it's it's amazing the kind of really cool swat vehicles and like they have vehicles that are really cool that have all the surveillance, and you can go in and look and see what it's like to be on one of those stakeouts. It's really cool. Now, I've, been, I've been told people come from all over Texas. People come from all over Texas. We will easily have over 10,000 people go through. But what's great wow. about the way it works, by having it from 10 to 4, it's just a constantly roving crowd. So you'll have the people who got there real early, stayed a few hours, and then got lunch and left. And then you show up at 12, and it's not 10,000 people all there at once. Yeah, at one time, then it'd be a little much. It'd be like, what's going on? The lines were great because there's so much to see and do and bounce houses and fun stuff. There's always something else to go to Mm -hmm. that you're not waiting in any one line. I didn't wait in one line longer than five or so minutes. It was amazing. We And my kids, like, my kids hate lines. They yeah. get bored so quickly. They never got bored. Because even while they were waiting in line, they could just crane their necks and see something awesome everywhere their eyes hit. So it was great. And we're really excited because last year we did just a few things. But this year we're trying to make it a whole pop-up mini library, our children's department in a booth. Is that okay, going to be difficult to do? Like a pop-up mobile library That's... on 6th Street with 10,000 people there? Well, we're the Moore Memorial Public Library. We do more. <laughs> Okay. That's what we right, do. Right. That's fair. That's fair. That's what we're going to have. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And then we're with that, too, is going to be promoting our digital services because you can't just, while we're closed, you can't check out physical books, but you can go online and you can check out all the digital audiobooks mm-hmm. and ebooks 
and, and such. So I have a question about that. There. Is it possible to have like a late, like you have the digital book and you checked it out and it's like you turned it in late digitally? Yeah, you owe us 10. <laughs> e, you, you owe us it takes it it, it, it automatically, automatically is like, nope, it. you don't get that book anymore. Yeah. It just takes There's it off. There's no late fees for, for online. You can't get a late okay. fee for digital books, which is great. I didn't know if that was possible. I was like, it sounds silly. Yes. But I mean, I don't know. Embarrassingly, I have had plenty of late fees, even though I work at the library. So I can certainly commiserate with having to pay the late fee for the physical item. So I love the <laughs> ebooks because if they just... I don't get that back in time, it just comes <laughs> off my device. Okay, okay, I got yeah, you. We they have to reach the... in. They're like, nope, you're done with that. <laughs> and a lot of libraries have ebooks in the area are on what's called a consortium, where there's a bunch of libraries that pitch in together so that they get a bunch of books That's cool. for a cheaper price. But that means. They have all of those libraries' users and all of Houston Public's users all using it at the same time. So it can be like a 40-week wait list for a popular title, literally. Because it's still only it's maybe one it's one copy. Maybe it's oh. four then, copies. Maybe it's three copies. Right, but it's but not still. 100 copies. Um, and so we are not a part of a consortium, so our wait times are much shorter. Okay, so I got you. So y'all may have... You know, uh, let's say you'll have like 10,000 books in the library, but That's there's. That's exactly it. We have 10,000 yes. really? 10, ebooks. <laughs> we have 10,000 ebooks, a little over actually. So you're not going to get bored. Man, I just I just scared myself a little bit. Okay, there's 10,000. Let's say there's 10,000 books. You'll have like one to two copies of each, and then so people will be able to just mm -hmm. go in, but only one copy at a time for like a week or so. And then you can get it for two weeks. For two weeks. Two weeks. And you can also put them on hold. Like if you see one you want, you can put yourself on the list for the, yeah. the next cop, the next person or yeah. after that and stuff. And where gotcha. some consortiums have like a 50 or 60 person hold list for a popular title, ours <laughs> is like six or seven sometimes. And Or you could be just the very next person or you're to the get next it. one. And it's usually a very short wait. I, and with t over 10,000 titles, um, you're you're always going to find something. Okay. So whenever y'all are out there at Touch a Truck, October 26th, 10 yeah. to 4 p.m., you're going to be uh, you know, operating a mobile pop-up yep. library, but then also encouraging people get hey, the app. Yeah, get yep. the app, get and the, then you can access yep. ten thousand books. Yeah, right here on your device, yep. and you don't even need to have to have the library. You know, right now, but no, then y'all yeah. gonna right open now. in December. Just, yeah. <laughs> yep. Is the plan still December? It's still mid-December is what we're aiming for. You know, all things being uh, even, you know, we we we're we're, we're shooting for that date. Um, and yeah. Uh, we're hoping to have a nice Christmas gift for the city. New library. Yeah. Do you go and check it out sometimes? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes. yes. Were you amazing. like, speed it up? Do they make you wear hard on? You're like, come on, guys. Y'all can work a little bit faster. I see what's going on here. Picking up a shovel and like just helping. Yeah. No, no. We don't have to speed them up. I mean, we've got a great crew working it. It's uh, Ardent Construction, and they did the work on the Friendswood Library's big renovation. They've done other work through the city. So, you know. If, you know, there's any delays, it's, you know, I can't imagine it being because of yeah. a lack of work. They are Each they're, time we go in, we're like, holy cow, that, oh, wow, that happened fast. Yeah, <laughs> they're, 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 they're excellent. And their work is very thoughtful and careful and considered. And so, and what's great about Texas City is we just have just in every department so much, you know, talent and strength. And, you know, our, uh, our, uh guy on the project who's going to be reviewing it, um, our inspector, uh, Lorenzo, actually did the inspection for our last uh, renovation, oh, yeah. which was in the 80s. Wow. Which is crazy. <laughs> he just, he loves So he city. remembers all of, he's he like, loves oh, yeah, his that work. He stuck with, he stuck with the city all those years later. And he's able to say, it's like, well, he, I know where that is. I, I, I saw it the last time. So, you know, 
there's not anything that's going to get missed or past him, you know. Um, so we know that it's going to be a really good product when we reopen. You know, if it was me, I could see it being like, who approved this? Who inspected this? And I'm like looking through the list and <laughs> yeah. it's like my signature. I'm oh, like, no. oh, oh, about that. You know, like, yeah. oh, yeah, it, it checks no out. no telling why that's That there. guy's not here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right now it is 924 on a Wednesday morning. This is KGA Radio 99.5 FM. I see some people hanging out. Uh, good morning, Darcy. We're excited for Touch a Truck. We've been talking about that. If you're if you're watching on Facebook, you have any questions about Touch a Truck, the library, how you can get involved in any upcoming events. There's a ton of things going on in Texas City, specifically Sixth Street, not just Sixth Street, but all over. Yeah. You know, there's also. Am I saying it right? The Hollow Palooza. Hollow Palooza, How? like Halloween. Okay, so what is it? Hollow Palooza is insanely awesome. So. It's on. It's always on Halloween, and it's going to be from 5.30 to 8.30, and it's at the Nestler Center, Doyle Center, that big convention center. It's mm-hmm. going to have inside and outside. So even if it rains, there's so much going on inside. Last year it rained, and it was inside, and it was amazing. There's thousands of kids and families coming through. Trunk or treat, free candy, free candy inside, indoor haunted house bounce houses, awesome food vendors, and the library is going to be inside, and we're going to be doing some kids programming um, since we don't, won't be in the library to do our Halloween programs, and we're going to have a book character pumpkin toss where you can win uh, prizes and get uh, put in for drawings for brand new free books, and we're going to have like just one of our fun children's craft programs, so we're going to do, uh, you know, decorate your own, uh, you know, candy bag so you can... I'm sure people will come with them, but, you know, there's going to be so oh, much candy fun. there. They're so cute. They're you so know, cute. Th- you're going to want to have multiple bags to fill up. The city goes all out. There's so much candy at this thing. Um, but it's good because not everyone in the greater county area, which we get people all over, not just Texas City and Stickinson, Lamarck, Santa Fe, we get them all coming to Tallapalooza. They don't always have some place they feel comfortable trick-or-treating. Um, right. Just go to one location, and you'll do all your trick-or-treating there. You'll see all your school friends. It's a really very social event. You know, all the kids, you know, end up seeing people who they know and, you know, getting to check out the costumes. So they get all that fun of trick-or-treating, of, like, the socialization. But it's super safe. It's super contained. And there's just so much to do. Face painting, bounce houses. I mean, it's just a huge Halloween party that— you don't have to foot the bill for. Yeah. You know? And uh, the only thing that you'll spend money on is if, you know, you, you know, if you, you know, get yourself food at one of the food vendors there. But, you know, the stuff the city is providing, it's all just free, free, free. So between October 26th and Touch Truck and then the 31st, is this the single greatest week in Texas City, Isn't like it? history going Isn't on? It awesome? and it's like We're witnessing history. Year. Yeah. Every year we do this, we have just such an amazing program at Touch a Truck, which, you know, not to like you know to belittle any other touch of truck anywhere else, but ours is all, really literally is one of the biggest if in the entire nation, if not the nation. It's just such a huge hit, and then you get to do Halapalooza, and it's such a party. And our Parks and Rec staff and their volunteers are just the best people. I I mean I am really proud of our library programming. So super proud. I will say that. They're probably the only people who could compete with us. <laughs> no, I, I will say they're just so great. And there's just such great staff. Everyone there has such a great time. And you would think, how could you possibly have a thousand fam- thousands of families coming through all trick-or-treating and it not be just pure chaos? Because they know how to manage pure chaos. And, you know, we'll move this chaos this direction. 
this chaos that direction, and it all works out well. <laughs> we'll call it, yeah, controlled chaos. Yeah, exactly. It's controlled great. Chaos. It's a lot of fun. All right. Very cool. So there's that on the 31st. Mm-hmm. We touched on Touch a Truck, and we probably are going to circle back around. But there's also um, a lot of programs y'all do like in the summer. I'm going to say like, you know, reading to kids, children's programming. Yeah. Yep. We touched on adult programming a little bit. We could probably dive in a little bit more later. But what's going on with the kids? I know that the, the library is currently under construction. It's going to be awesome when it's yeah. open in December. Is there still a way for, you know, the kids to partake in some kind of programming? Well, the there haven't been any story times, right? Well, plan story time say at the Nestler Center for October but during November uh, check out our calendar um, on our website we're going to be in Nestler they're going to have story times for toddlers and preschoolers mm-hmm. and if you check the schedule now it's usually on on Tuesday or Thursday but of course November is weird with uh, with the holidays and stuff so you definitely want to check and see what specific days and times we're yep. at the Nestler Center for those story times yeah um, now we've also had and are planning a whole bunch of story times in the schools in conjunction mm-hmm. with TCISD. So we are going to the actual school, going yeah, to the actual schools. Okay. And we've gone to Guajardo recently and done, they had this huge uh, HEB story time event where they were, you know, trying to break like a story reading record where people get read to at the same time, cool. all at the same yeah. time. And, and stuff. So that was a really cool sponsored event. Yeah. I got to read it to third grade. It was great. I got a question but, about that. So if you're you're a librarian, right? Yes. You're a reference librarian. I think you said everybody's a reference librarian, no matter what roles, multiple roles. It's really it's really cool. Um, so if you go into a school at TCISD, don't they have librarians there? Oh, absolutely. Are y'all and territorial? Are they like, no, look at these more at memorial all. librarians coming onto my turf and no. my li- reading to my students? Well, or is it pretty cool? We would never schedule something without them. We're scheduling directly like, with it's the directly okay. with them, mm-hmm. and they're we're we're like the the <clears throat> visitor. You know, when they get the police officer or the fireman. Oh, mm-hmm. here's a local librarian, and also, you know, while they're doing they're doing story times constantly, constantly, like every yeah, single day, day they're doing day. you know curriculum story hours. times things like that. The whole day mm-hmm. with the the different classrooms. Now with something like this, they can be like, "Hey, Texas City Library, can you send someone out?" And they can be doing story times throughout the school. Yeah, uh, just uh, they have more people that can go into the, so they can have more story times in the classrooms okay. with this kind of partnership and such. But wondering. they're, I mean, they're pretty awesome. I'm always down for a good turf war. Yeah, I was just just I, wondering. I hate to be the, Wait, the Jets, you know, Texas, do the whole West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> Texas City's just known for working together, and TCISD is just so welcoming, and they are really wanting to deepen our partnership. And you know, we're looking at ways that not just story times, but having uh, book talks for teens and middle schoolers with our youth services librarian, and you know, where she can come into the uh, library and you know really quickly rattle off the hot titles to like you know get them interested in books they wouldn't have heard about uh we're looking at curriculum support we're looking at co-programming with them i mean we're really gonna be really invested in each other which is something we've both wanted for a long time and this just library closure just brought a perfect time for us to be able to sit down together and look at where we can best help each other and you know they're fantastic so we're really excited about that and we're also doing Head Start, um, oh, yep. which is great. They have a group of over 100 kids we read to at least once a month. And so we're really, uh, we've actually expanded our children's outreach by more than tenfold 
in wow. this uh, last 18 months. So we're really excited about that. We really want to be out in the public. So eventually you won't be able to not know who we are. You'll just trip over us. You just run into one of the librarians exactly. and you recognize them by, by your colors, like yeah. your tag right there. Mm-hmm. Memorial Public <laughs> Library. So <laughs> there is currently, I guess, readings taking place at the Nestor Center. Y'all are reaching out into the schools. How can you find out, uh, you know, what was the website again to see the schedule so you can uh, find one of those story times that y'all are doing? So with that, you'd go to uh, Texas City hyphen. Dash, yeah. Dash, mm-hmm. dash, library.org mm-hmm. And that's our, our main page there. And right there on the front page, we have uh, posts about our story times mm-hmm. and okay. such. So you don't have to go looking, clicking anywhere else and such. We also, of course, posting on our Facebook mm-hmm. um, with our information about uh, any of our events, story times, um, reminders also for different things coming up. Of course, I... I go back to the adult things, you know, hey, yeah. FAFSA, fill out your FAFSA yeah. for your student loans and things. Uh, that's open um, and such. But that's where to look for all of our events, those two mm-hmm. locations. Um, of course, you know, in the new year, we're looking for Twitter yep. as well and stuff. So that's coming up. That's not yeah. there yet. And we're on the uh, Texas Cities Community Calendar, which I recommend to everyone anyway, because like I said, Parks and Rec does a lot of great things. And there's just so much going on in the greater Texas City area that, you know, a lot of people are doing. So it's not just the events the city is running on that calendar. So that's well, always like good this, to look um, at. Was it this Friday? Is the, is it this Saturday? <gasps> I didn't write it down. Check the United Way. Check our Facebook. But there's a resource fair that is going on this at the end of this week um i didn't write if i don't write it down it's not here um (laughs) and such so i don't want to say the wrong date but there is a uh all different information about social services and there's going to be free food and children's activities for so we're we want to be promoting um that kind of thing too but check out the our facebook we did a post about united their united way resource fair too Our United Way in the Galveston County is just excellent. They do such great work. They're just so forward-thinking, and they're just so careful to always be watching where the greatest need is and to mobilize so quickly. You know, when there was that government shutdown and all our Coast Guards just were out of work, they did this amazing diaper drive with the Texas City Police Department and Fire Department, um, you know, competing to see who could raise the most diapers <laughs> and every I mean it was just amazing how our community responded and it was just an idea of where they were able to think of a quick way they could help very quickly and were able to do it so we've got a lot of great organizations mm-hmm. in the city and you know we we're trying to really increase the way that the library partners with them if nothing else than just through using our marketing apparatus as well so the word gets out there more but we want to once we're back in our building, partner even more directly and have co-hosted programs at our library and have them as a place that they can have meetings when they do interdepartmental work together because they do that a lot. A lot of the groups who work in there, they don't just stick to their own remit. They say, well, you're doing some of the same stuff we are. We're both in mental health care, you for veterans, us for, you know, uh, battered women per se, um, and let's get together and see where there's some cross sections and we can help each other out or at least, you know, do better about referrals. And it's amazing how these people come together and work and we want to be a place for them to meet. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, there's a lot of great organizations in the community 
And it's it's so much easier to work together because you can get more done. Absolutely. Gosh, yes. It's easy to be competitive, and I always joke around, you know, about like, <laughs> oh, the turf wars with the yeah. librarians. But whenever you all come together and, and kind of work towards that common thing, it probably eases up their workload, and they're able to, you know, get more done in the day. You know, yeah. if you're there, you know, reading to students, and they're able to read to other students and or get work done. And uh, y'all are able to get work done, and it just works out. Well, well, in, in some ways, sometimes it actually makes more work for them, but they're willing to do it because, you know, getting this into their schedule versus just doing it themselves, they've yeah. done it a million times. But they're willing to do it because they see the value added of, oh, maybe that means maybe one out of every five of the kids who doesn't necessarily know about the library now will tell their parents about it and they'll go to the library that's going to help that kid and they're really excited to do that and we see that a lot with a lot of the organizations we hope to work with it'll be more work for them but it'll be more opportunity to help people and that's what the library is all about and it's just it we're, we're we're meeting lots and lots of people who have the same idea that's awesome. Okay, right now it is 9.37. This is KHEARadio.com, 99.5 FM. If you're watching on Facebook, smash the share button so hard it cracks your phone screen. Just yeah. hit it right now. Give me a, a thumbs up and a heart. Let me know what you got going on. And if you have uh, partaken in any of the, the cool opportunities the Moore Memorial Library offers as well. So, you know, um, there is another event going on, and I'm going to have to ask a lot about this, but it's the, the African American Experience Oral History Project for Texas City. What is this? So we started this um, about two months ago, just launching it, and we're about to start interviews within the next couple of weeks. Um, we're partnering with, partnering with the 1867 Settlement Group and the African American Historic Preservation Committee for the area, and we want to interview people who are Texas Citians or were Texas Citians who can speak about their experience from you know, the 1920s to the 1970s, and we're going to be doing interviews. And so we're just going to sit you down in front of a camera and interview and ask you questions about what it was like growing up in Texas City. Where did you go to church? Where did you go to the store? What restaurants did you eat at? What schools did you go to? What was that like? What were the big experiences in the African-American community? Um, and this started because, you know, a few months ago, um, Commissioner um, Dorothea Jones uh, reached out to us and said, hey, you know, there's a lot that can be done in this community um, with the library. And what I see from your archive is you guys don't have a whole lot on it. And I might be wrong about that. And I was like, and we explained like, no, you're not wrong. It's the area we hope to reach. And I, we have a new local history librarian who's been with us about seven months. And, you know, the first two weeks we were there, we discussed that these are our big gaps is in our coverage of the African-American experience and the Hispanic experience that we just don't have enough on. And so we were, we were really glad she reached out to us. And so we started reaching out to other uh, cultural leaders and attending uh, meetings and groups that discuss these issues. And every single person said, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. We really hope you do this, and we really hope you do it right. So we started scheduling meetings and working with groups so that we would have, you know, some good advice on this. Um, and, you know, we're going to start interviews and we're really excited uh, because we're going to really hope to get these stories. And this is the time to do it, you know, because within the next five years to 10 years, a whole generation of people are going to just sadly pass away and we don't want their stories to be lost. And of course, their families will have them. But the whole community should have these stories because, you know, African-American wow. history is American history and it's it's our it's our shared history. And we don't want to lose it just because we didn't work hard enough to reach out and invite people in to tell their stories. 
And so we'll have these interviews that, that will be hosted online that people can see the whole interview and that will be transcribed so they can read along with. But we're also reaching out for images and photo photographs and church bulletins and deeds and any other documents from the history that goes along with the people, places, and things they're talking about so we can pair those with it. And we're, ha we're building a digital archive of our own archives that we already have physically, and those will become part of our digital archives. So if people have these old photos and old documents, but they're like, but I want them. Well, they would just have to lend them to us for a few weeks, and we would digitize them, and they'd have back, and sometimes just a period of days. Um, our digitization has gotten much quicker than it would have been just five years ago. Um, so it's, it's a way to preserve Texas city history. And so as I said, we're just a few months in. Our goal is to have a really strong you know, collection of stories transcribed within the next 18 months so that we can then launch our Hispanic oral history project and work on those together. So within the next three to five years, get as many stories as possible and really fill that gap in our archives. For, for the Hispanic, is it going to be the same time frame, 1913, 1970? Yep. You know, I, I remember asking, you know, my grandma, because you see the civil rights and you, you know, see all the, the stuff that went on and there's some documented in, in school, right? You, yes. you know, you learn right. about it, but it's, First of all, I want to say it's different whenever you ask the person from their perspective because I can write about, you know, your story. Yeah. And but it's different if you tell me your story. So, you know, whenever you go to the community and say, what what did you see? What did you write? What did you know, your diaries, your journals? Tell me your story. You know, how was church? How was it growing up? As opposed to someone looking on the outside and being like, well, this happened. Yeah. It's totally it, different. We we did an oral history project in the 80s, long before my time here. Um, Susie Monclaw was just an amazing visionary director we had for many years. And she did some amazing oral histories. And we were going through some of them. We found Frank Bell Jr. of the Bell Cowboys of the 1867 settlement. And we he had not been transcribed, so we had to digitize the cassette tape, which we're digitizing all these, and they're going to all be made available. And it was amazing, his stories. He worked for uh, George Washington Carver in his laboratory. He met the president. He met Franklin <laughs> Delano Roosevelt, who wow. came in. And, you know, he met, he met some amazing people working at that, that, uh, that, uh, that laboratory that we—I we, hadn't heard that story. I'm sure the, it's a very— very, very popular story in the Bell and Hobgood and other uh, families' uh, households of all the things that he did. Um, but it was just locked on a cassette somewhere because that was the technology we had when we did it. But now we're going to be able to digitize that, and that will be part of our collection and part of our overall collection and part of this project. And we're getting going to get all these kinds of stories. And so we're just really excited because, I mean, you look at something that just happened with Zion Church in that build burning burning down and that's just being a piece of history but that history is not going to be lost you know the church is the, not the building i mean walls crawl and buildings crumble but stories remain and so we're very excited that we can do this project so that we can get these stories so that they're they're kept for you know not just this generation but the next generation and the next generation that their kids and grandkids can look at this and learn, read about in their school and listen to and listen to these real voices of what it was really like. Yeah, you mentioned Zion Church. You're referencing the one mm -hmm. in Texas City. Yes. It was like a hundred over 100 years old. It was the, the oldest existing continuing church building, and it's just tragic what happened. Um, but we really hope, we've already actually had someone who uh, was a member of that church who has some of their historical documents and has already talked to us about ways that we can preserve them for them. And so we're so glad that we're going to be able to do that. 
But we really hope to get a lot of their stories of the church um, so that, you know, we get those stories. And so that, you know, no matter what happens with the reconstruction of the building, you know, no matter what happens with any of these places, many of the places we're going to hear stories about are just completely gone and leveled. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, you know, it's a bank now. It's a Wendy's now. But those stories about those places and churches and schools and the places where people lived and learned and loved, you know, I fell in love at this, you know, night spot that doesn't exist anymore. Well, we're going to have that story. And that's just so important to us. You know, it's not a very modest goal, but our goal for our archives is to be a living history for Texas City. And, you know, that's the way you do it is, you know, you work hard and you find people and you get their stories down. So if somebody wants to get involved or, or maybe they know somebody who would potentially be a good candidate yeah. and willing to sit down and talk and share, how do they how do they reach out? How do they get involved and, and help this cause? Well, I forgot Teresa's phone number off the top of my head, so I'm just going to look it up. But <laughs> Teresa Mayfield is our local history librarian, and I think I have it memorized, but I don't want to get a digit wrong. I believe it's... Uh, let me just pull it up right here and just get her contact. Her I can give you her email is T Mayfield, which is M A Y F I E L D Mayfield, T Mayfield at Texas City TX dot G O V. But if you just want to give her a call, do, 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 do. it is 409-949-3007. I did have it memorized. <laughs> Just there trust you go. yourself, Luke. <laughs> so 409-949-3007. She doesn't pick up. Leave a message. She'll get right back to you. Um, we've already got where we have at least our first 10 interviews. Looks like they're going to be scheduled. So if you reach out to us and you say, hey, I'd love to do an interview, it may we'll get right back to you. But don't be surprised if the schedule is, we're not going to you know, schedule you now. We'll reach out to you in two weeks' time to look at when the schedule will be. Um, but yeah, if you think you have something of interest about a church, a school, a hot spot, a store, a grocery store that was important in the community, um, let us know right away because we can start taking artifacts right away. And that will help us because then we can, when we do these next 10 interviews, we can, if someone mentions... Oh, yeah, we used to go to this store. Oh, what store was it? And they say, oh, it was Archie's. And like, oh, wow, yeah, we've got some photos of it. And you can show. And even not just uh, like structures, but important personages. Absolutely. And and families and the thing. Because, I mean, like Texas City, we have what the that musician, the Charles Brown, Mm -hmm. you know, was was huge and did uh, some great, uh, great music. And Mm -hmm. there was festival and everything like that. So things. Like even even not people as important as that or as well known as yeah. that, you know, just the getting stories about the community and community life yeah. and such is is super important to just share because the the kids aren't necessarily able to sit at their grandparents feet or even oh, yeah. their parents feet and share those and listen to those stories because, you know, life is hard and, yeah. and very busy. So, uh, you know, you always hope and make available these stories or even, you know, I never listened to oral histories until I was an adult. And then I'm going, oh, my gosh, these are super interesting. I didn't know this happened and, and things like that and uh, and such or how this was developed and, and things. So even if the 
especially the the young people don't realize how important these are now is when they're like 40 and 50 that oh, they're yeah. going to be listening to these histories and going oh my gosh my community's awesome yeah. i already knew that or like but, a, as a kid you know if you hear some somebody tell a story and you've heard it you know maybe quite a bit and then you don't realize the importance till later and then you yeah. hear how that ties into the entire community and the effect that it has to get us to where we are today yeah and right. we really hope that once we've got some of these interviews like finished and transcribed and videoed and edited together with the images put in with the uh, interview all nice and neat um, and they're hosted online that then we can you know involve TCISD and Dickinson ISD in the area and let them you know so that people who when they do these black history projects that we can get them involved and then you know maybe even get some of the students involved in doing some mini interviews Mm -hmm. you know because this is going to be a long-term project. As I said, we hope to have near full completion within the next three years. But that doesn't mean once that's done that we just, if someone comes to us with a great interview subject, that we're say, oh, we're done. No, we just yeah. hope to get the no, most no stories we can in that period. But our goal is, in this process, this is a pilot program for us to see what kind of staffing and resources we need to make this a success so that... We can just be a library that people go to to be the institutional memory of Texas City. And that's a long term goal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so we're hoping to set the framework so this can be something that the library does not just for the next few years, but, you know, for the next 20 years. Yeah. And that is what we're, we're speaking on right now is the African-American Experience Oral History Project for Texas City, for our area specifically. Uh, and the years for that are, are about 1913 to 1970. Yeah. And we probably won't get much from 1913, just because that's pretty far back. If you were, you're, you're still, you're still around, and you can remember good memories from that. We're very excited, and we just end with 1970 because that and beyond is still so fresh for so much that it's not as if like if oh I remember something in 1971 we're gonna say shut up you can't talk about that. <laughs> it's just yeah. We are certainly interested in the 70s, um, but we're really looking at, you know, much more the formation of Texas City and in through mid 20th century and, you know, maybe have a little more time so that the stories of, you know, the 1970s, 80s and 90s would be a project we do in five years from now or 10 years from now. We want to get the bigger gap while we can. And for some of them young fellers who, you know, remember the 70s very well, well, you'll be here five years from now, hopefully. But, you know, great grandma and grandma and grandpa, you know, we want to get their stories while we can. Yeah. And that's about three years is the hope to, we hope to get to that good. We hope to have a substantial completion within the next three years. If And, you know, we'll have products. You know, I say products. I'm sorry. It's such marketing speak. We'll have finished <laughs> transcribed video interviews with wonderful uh, images well before that. We're not going to get all the interviews done, then transcribe them all, then host them all. It's going to be an ongoing process as we go. Um, So we'll hopefully have, you know, after we get our first few interviews done, something hosted and ready within the next several months. With the next three to six months, we hope to have several finished videos that we can promote because we think that's going to be the best marketing. When people see one of these, they'll see both, wow, that's really interesting. But other people will say, I've got a better story than that. I'm going in. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to tell them my story is way better than hers. <laughs> she doesn't even know. I knew that guy way better than she did. And, you know, so I think that's not how inspire, I remember it. <laughs> it'll inspire people to say, well, no, if that's I've been telling stories like that for years that their story is valuable. So we really hope that that'll be the best marketing. And we've already had just such amazing response. As I said, we've already had 10 people who've, you know, said, hey, we're willing to do this. 
and we really see it as just such a gift that they're giving the community because it's their time and it's their personal life story. And so that being willing to share that with other people publicly is just such an amazing gift. So it's already a great start, and we're really excited about it. And there's going to be, mm-hmm. like, not just digital things going along with that. There's going to be, like, physical displays yes. and also programming that will surrounded do. that that yes. people will be able to come into the library and talk about these things yes. as well. That's cool, yeah, because, well, it says experience. And so when I think of an experience, yeah. there's a couple different things that go into that. So Yeah, it's going to be digital. It's going to be physical. It's going to be person-to-person. So we really—and, you know, once— so we'll have events and programs that promote it where people can meet the people who have their stories. But, you know, we'll also have a multimedia digital experience that's available 24-7, 365, um, where, you know, you can just go through these interviews, you know, at your heart's content. And then after this one, y'all plan uh, to start a Hispanic one yep. for our area? Yep. In the next 18 months, we're hoping. Yeah. We hope we can do it within that time frame. We believe that's very possible. That's why we're using this as a pilot to see, you know, if the combination of our own staff mm-hmm. and a volunteer program we're building and archivists who and the people who are future archivists in the area who are going to school for it, their volunteer time, like how quickly we can do the bulk of the interviewing and the transcribing and you know we may find like boy the transcriptions were it's really slowing us down so we'll host videos that are untranscribed and then relaunch re just re-upload them once we transcribe them we have a lot of ideas of okay if we meet this bottleneck how do we clear that so we can keep moving and in this learning process we'll hopefully be able to launch the hispanic heritage project you know within 18 months and learn from the successes and failures so that it's even more streamlined sure. so that we can do those at the same time and really get those stories. But definitely not waiting till we're completely nope, done with one project. We no. want to just yeah. have them both going. Just have yeah, exactly. them both they going at the same co- time. But, you know, we're just waiting yeah. till we get things situated with the first project. Yes. Yeah. I've always wondered, you know, I started on this a little bit, but didn't really get into it. Just like asking my parents, like, what was it like yeah. going to school? Like, did you notice anything different from today? You know, obviously, yes. But um, just hearing their hearing their their stories and, you know, the differences from today to, you know, the 60s, you know, did, did you know anything or like but but none of them were from this area yeah. originally. My mom was from like the valley. They're both born in Texas, but from the valley. My dad yeah. went mm-hmm. to school in like uh, Clute or Freeport or something like that. Yeah. And so I don't know. What's amazing about oral history is you'll sometimes find that even parents and grandparents won't tell the stories to their kids and grandkids that they'll tell a interview because, you know, you protect your kids and grandkids and you try to keep things, you know, you don't always tell them the things you went through, both good and bad, because it just feels too personal. Yet, for some reason, when you're doing an interview, sometimes you'll get stories that you never would have heard from your parents or grandparents that they'll tell a stranger. Why have you never told me this, Grandpa? And so you'll see that all the time in oral history. So that's what's really exciting to us is, you know, the families will probably hear stories they didn't even oh, know. What was it? Wow. I was talking to my, even this past weekend, I was talking to my grandfather about the Texas City disaster because... I'm not from the area, but of course, you know, you learn about it as yeah. you're working uh, with the, the community. And he was like, and they live in Port Arthur, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, we were at school and we we felt the the after sh- the shock and the window shook and everything. I'm like, I had no idea that this this kind of thing even happened or right. went on and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, cool. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's just interesting. It's interesting. You know, one of my favorite movies is Back to the Future, and I started watching the third one. Yeah. Are y'all fans? Oh, huge I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like that movie, you know, the trilogy kind of put that into perspective. You know, he goes back in time, you mm-hmm. know, his parents, and it's like, whoa, they were kind of normal. They were cool. They, they were, were normal. normal. Cool. Well, and except then, my dad. My dad wasn't. His dad was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like a, it's going to be like a real life Back to the Future experience that y'all yeah. are putting together here, oral, oral history style. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll Hope, be fun. It's like, except hopefully the mom won't hit on anyone. <laughs> through this that was no terrorists no yeah, terrorists. No, yeah. <laughs> no libyan terrorists no libyan stolen terrorists. plutonium but without that yeah i mean it really is oral history is such a beautiful way to experience the past and i think in a lot of ways it's a way to democratize history without getting too highfalutin about it you know i love academics and i love historians um, but they'll be the first to admit that you know even just 20, 30 years ago, it locked almost every participant out from history because the idea was, well, you lived through it, so you're not objective, as opposed to, you know, if it was a Civil War diary, well, that's absolutely prim- prim- primary evidence. But if it's a Civil Rights diary, well, you're a little conflicted. Mm. And it was just a, you know, a, a blindness to the fact that, well, those are still primary documents. Yeah. And so primary documents are always the best historical record. And these oral histories are the primary documents of the lived experiences. And I just think it's, to me, the most impactful way of learning about history is through the direct stories of people. And just being able to hear them telling it in their own voices has always just been so moving for me and really made history come alive. All right. So we are about out of time. All right. And we've touched on a lot of stuff today. Yeah. Is there anything else y'all would like to retouch on or anything else we can remind people? Touch, Touch a truck, truck is this Saturday. Well, not this Saturday. I just said it a completely week from wrong. Saturday. A week from Saturday, October 26th from 10 to 4. Hit us up early and you'll get a free tote. And don't miss us at Hallopalooza, which is at this uh, Texas City Nestler Center, October 31st. And that's 530 to 830. Again, that's another event that, you know, you can hit it for an hour and then go or stay the whole time. There's enough for everything. But, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely worth doing. Have your dinner first. Have dinner there. Either way, it's just going to be so much fun. Check your calendar for Nestler Story Times yes. for your little kiddos. Mm-hmm. All right. Or just send your kids to school and maybe they'll get yeah, read to as well. well yeah, that's these right. Are, but these are the tiny, for your tiny, tiny For your ones. tiny preschoolers, mm-hmm. that's what we have Story Times for, yes. Hey, Jessica, there's still a lot more that we need to touch on. Like, I, I'm curious why you chose to be a librarian, mm-hmm. you know, and you said you used to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Why the switch? You know, were you tired <laughs> of the kids or you just wanted to be able to bring in more kids from a younger age? There's so much more that we can yeah. touch on as well. And dot, then also, dot, dot. <laughs> but I think that I, I haven't figured continued. out. Because you, you know, you were a teacher and now you're like, I'm doing adult programming. I'm going <laughs> to do adult programming. The kids are driving me. Wait. Awesome. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, but it was nice to meet you. Excellent. I've had a good time. <laughs> good. And Luke, you're you're awesome as well. Thank you, sir. Crystal, me and Crystal were talking about how you were in studio the other day, and she had to miss for an hour. And I don't know, just how much fun we had with you last time. You're always great. It's a lot of fun. She I came love and doing it. she brought a cupcake. It's my birthday. Happy, Happy birthday! Happy birthday! You're 26, seven, seven 27 right. years old. Happy so birthday. you just have one more year and you beat all those rock stars. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's so true. That's a that's a dangerous year if you're a rock and roller, so be careful, Crystal. She is kind of a rock yeah. and roller. <laughs> yeah, so be careful. Hey, and then for her birthday, she's donating to my uh MD Anderson the uh the the boot 
the boot walk with Brayden. She says she's going to donate towards the cause Fantastic. for her birthday. <laughs> Fantastic. So. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you so much, Luke. Thank, Thank you. you, Jessica, Thank you. for hanging out. Looking forward to uh, continue bringing you guys in and learning Absolutely. about the more Memorial Library. Thank you. It's KGA Radio, 99.5 FM. Thank you, sir. All right. Always Thank you, guys. Fun. What kind of cupcake is this? Where'd you get it? That's kind of scary. What kind Uh-oh. of cupcake what is kind of cupcake? It smells good. Can you all smell this? Like, my, my stepmom made it. Oh, that smells good. It smells. I know she handed it to me. I was like. I just got it from Colorado. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jessica. Awesome. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Hey, Crystal. I'm going to turn your mic on. Okay. You know why? A couple why? reasons. Because it's your birthday, one. Yes. Two, I don't know if our next guests are out there. Sometimes this happens. And you just kind of got to cross your fingers. So if you're watching and uh, hanging out with me and Crystal. Hi, first, everybody. First of all, tell Crystal happy birthday. She's 27. I am 27, and I'm not very happy about it. Why? Because I'm almost 30 now, and I dislike that strongly. Okay. I guess that's fair. But once you hit 30, you're just like, eh. I, f- I forget how old I am. I'm 33, and I, sometimes I think I'm like 32. That's what everybody keeps telling yeah. me. Like, Angie told me this morning. She's like, once you're 30, it's just like, whatever. Everything's fine. Maybe it'll be different once I'm almost 40. Then I'll be like, oh, gosh, here we go again. But I don't, I don't know. know. Everybody I talk to says that turning 40 was fine. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is about 30, but 30 just freaks people out. I think <clears throat> I think because people, you know, as, as a kid, you always think, you know, Whenever I'm, I remember being a kid like, whenever I'm an adult, I'm going to have a lot of money and I'm going to be able to do whatever I want and buy my parents a car and, you know, those kind of thoughts. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that's what freaks me out about turning 30. It's like, oh, I feel like I should be like further along. Yeah, I'm supposed to have it all figured out, right? Yeah. You know, I've got a career and a master's degree, but that's not enough. (laughs) You need to get a doctorate. Oh, yeah, totally. I've thought about going and getting one. But uh, but somebody told you you can't be a lawyer. Well, <laughs> that's why I maybe went away. You went. You told me you're like, Gardy, you can't be a lawyer. I was like, okay, fine. Well, maybe I'll just go be a doctor then. <laughs> uh, I think I'd trust you more as a lawyer than a doctor. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Hey, here's our guest. She's here. All right. I'll go get her. All right. If you're hanging out, feel free to ask me some questions. Let's have some fun. Let me know what you're up to today. It is Wednesday, so that means we're in the middle of the week. It's hump day. We are going to be spreading some more positivity as we continue chatting it up with our guests. We had Luke from the Mormon Memorial Public Library, and we had Jessica. It was my first time to meet her. She was awesome. You can have a seat right here. Kayla, right? Yes. Do you pronounce your last name? Is it Prince? Prince. Prince. All right. So we're already we're on Facebook right now, hanging out. And then here in a bit, we can throw it on the FM as well. Okay. And so um, with that one, that mic should be pretty but you want to talk pretty close so it'll hear you. Okay. And then um, you're good to go. Kayla Prins, what's up? Nothing. Where are you from? I am from Clear Lake. Clear Lake. Yes. Okay, cool. My other person's coming. She's running late. She had a doctor's appointment for her son, so. Okay. That's cool. Um, is she from the same area? Is she from like, Clear Lake yeah, too? Yeah, she's Paraland. Okay. Awesome. Um, this morning we had dropped a video and the reason I think about this, cause when I think of Alvin, I'm like, oh, okay, like Alvin, Paraland, Friendswood, it's almost like it's a little, like a little triangle. I just call it Houston. 
Yes. But one of our friends has a restaurant. He has had a food truck, Smoking D's Barbecue Fusion, and mm-hmm. then he just opened a restaurant in Alvin. And so we had dropped a, a video this morning showing showing off what he has going on. So I love food trucks. Yeah, food trucks are awesome <laughs> because then they come to you. I know. <laughs> like, it's uh, like, I don't even have to go. Like, yeah, just come park outside the building. I'll go eat all your food. <laughs> it's, a, it's a win-win relationship. I'm all about Cousins Maine Lobster. Oh. That's a food truck? Yes. They were on Shark Tank. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. The one they do like the little lobster rolls. I love Shark Tank. That's like one of my favorite shows. <laughs> and I'm trying too. to think. I'm like going through my Rolodex of like. Like Scrub Daddy, all of yeah. those. <laughs> the, the Scrub Daddy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool. So we won't get too much into it, I guess, till your, what's your friend's name? Alicia. Alicia. I'm going to write. I know Kayla because I was messaging you, right? Yes. Alicia was the mastermind behind everything. I just kind of made it come to life. Okay. So are you sure? I mean, she's not here. She's not going to hear this. Are you sure you're not the mastermind? <laughs> she said that she comes up with her dreams, and then yeah. I make dreams come true. Okay. That's what she calls me. She says anything she can think of, I make it come true. Is that a gift? Has that always been the case? Have I, a lot of people told you that? Um, My mom says I'm just really good at organizing. <laughs> Okay. She thinks I should have been a party planner. I went to the law field. So wait, what? what is your, your career career? Is it? So technically I'm a paralegal, mm-hmm. but when my son was born, I ended up being a stay-at-home mom because okay. he has a bunch of disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I stay at home with him. So there was a point in my life where I had considered going to law school and Crystal, my good friend <laughs> Crystal here, told me that I didn't have what it takes. She's like, Gardy, you wouldn't cut it as a lawyer. <laughs> Like, I know, not even that. I think she said I wouldn't cut it in law school. <laughs> that I couldn't get through law school. Well, according to my parents, I could sell ice to a, um, an Eskimo. Mm-hmm. So. You can just make it happen. Yeah. See, that's what I feel. I feel like for me, the, the, the difficult part would be getting in. And then, like, once I sneak in, I'm in, I'm gold. Like, I could, I know I could do it. But just like, <laughs> maybe if I get stuck on getting in, then I couldn't, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Because it's competitive, you know, it's competitive to get in law school. But I love, I love the arguing type. I love drama. Mm -hmm. Like I did family law. That was my specialty. Okay. So I just, I love helping people. I like making things happen. I'm very organized to a T. See, I just wanted to go, but not practice. (laughs) I I love it. Yeah. I just wanted so that I know stuff. That's yeah. just, I'm like, oh, I know that. You know, and then just like not tell anybody and just keep it to myself. That was like my whole thing. Yeah, I finished. I went and I did. I got my paralegal. Um, and then I was going to do my cer- certificate. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up having my son. And he has a lot of disabilities like cystic fibrosis, epilep- epilepsy, autism, gastroparesis, and um, a couple of other things going on. And so it just made more sense to stay home. Yeah. How old so, is he right now? He is six. He's six years old. Yes. And um, th- there's a cause that y'all are doing, and yes. I guess it was your friend Alicia's idea. You yes. kind of helped organize it and bring it to life. But, y- you know, he's six years old. Um, whenever you first found out that there was something, you know, came came up. Two you, weeks old. He was he was already born two weeks old, and then there were some things going on? Kind of. Um, so I had a really difficult pregnancy. Yeah. And then um, when he was born... Um, it was an emergency C-section, and when he came out, we kind of knew something was up. Uh, he was a failure to thrive. He couldn't gain weight no matter what we do, and we were going to the pediatrician's office every day for weight check-ins, and they ended up putting him in the NICU at Texas Children's, 
And it was one of those situations where, oh, we're going to do some testing. More than likely, he doesn't have this. But if we come back and see you, we need to have a talk. And they came back in the next day and said, can we have a talk? And I said, no, I don't want you to sit down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they told me he had cystic fibrosis. And What is that? So cystic fibrosis is a lung disease where the mucus in your body is extremely thick. And it um, affects your lungs, your um, digestive system, your pancreas. Um, like he's pancreatic insufficient. He takes Creon to absorb his food. Um, he gets a uh, repeat, uh, uh, like his, he gets lung infections. So basically we can breathe things in and out and we won't get the infections, but the common cold can literally kill him. The flu. So do we have like a, like a normal lungs, like a filter or something? Yeah. So you have, um, it's almost like little hairs yeah. in your lungs. And when you breathe in bacteria, it, your, uh, the hairs in your lungs will filter it out and you'll breathe it back out. But when he breathes it in, the mucus is so thick on those hairs that it'll attach to that, and mm. he can't, and it'll colonize in his lungs and just breathe and get him really sick. So what is, is there treatment for that, or do you just so, have to be careful? What do you do? Um, you do uh, breathing treatments. So he does breathing treatments every day, twice a day. Um, sometimes he has to do it three or four times a day. Um, he also does what we call a vest, which is just a vest he puts on, and it shakes really hard for 20 minutes um he does medications he takes 30 to 40 medications every day four times a day um he's been swallowing pills since he was 10 months old wow yes um he takes miralax every day to help with his bowel movements he sees specialists at least three times a month um and sometimes you have to go up to once a month he's having actually his third sinus surgery because it affects his sinuses it everyone's different on how their cf affects them um so he is going to have his third sinus surgery october 25th next friday and they're actually gonna have to go in because his mucus is so thick and his sinuses he can't breathe right now it's lowering his oxygen levels so they're gonna actually go in and break the sinus cavities open the bones and go in and clean out his sinus cavities. So it's pretty bad. Um, the life expectancy for someone with CF now is between 30 to 40s. It used to be younger. Back when um, they didn't have a lot of treatments, it wasn't even elementary school. And that was in the 70s, 80s. So we've come a lot further, but there still needs to be a cure. So he's he's six years old right now. Your son, what's his name? His name's Declan. Declan, okay. Um so is Declan able to like go to school? Is Declan able to do do anything? You know that a kid he pretty is much able to can do? do everything. Um, the only things that are different is right now he's a little bit with some limitations just because his oxygen levels down due to his sinuses. But for the most part, he can do everything just like a normal kid. The only times whenever things are different is when their lungs are so bad that they need a lung transplant is, you know, they need oxygen, they need extra support. Sometimes they can't um, wait as long because they just get really tired. Um, they need extra calories compared to normal children. They can't use water fountains because of the bacteria. Yeah. Lots of sanitizing and sterilizing and things of that. But for the most part, I mean, they can run, play, jump, do all that. You just see them eating a lot and drinking a lot. So it's a cystic fibrosis. That's what he has. You also said he has um, 
is uh, epilepsy. Epilepsy is that is that uh, with seizures or what is? Epilepsy? Yeah, that's se- that's seizures. So like, then, he has complex partial seizures. He's had that since he was a baby. Mm-hmm. And then you also said he has autism. He has autism. He was diagnosed when he was two through Texas Children's. Okay, and so he's six years old right now. You met Alicia, and um, how did y'all meet? So we met through a group on Facebook called Families on the Spectrum. And it's a group ran by Krista Fields. And it's for this kind of surrounding area, Houston area, for just families that have children that are on the spectrum. And we all get together and share resources. We have different events for anyone that has children on the spectrum. We share things that are going on like events um like there's a chuck e cheese uh i think it's the i can't remember it's sunday but we you know share things like that there's play dates and stuff like that so alicia has um a child that's on the spectrum how old how old are they um she has a grandson and he's eight okay so an eight-year-old grandson um what's his name his name's daniel so daniel's eight is that who is at the doctor today yes he also has epilepsy okay so whenever you mentioned having a difficult pregnancy with with Declan, is that like I guess like a sign? Other than that, you just I mean, yeah. being pregnant isn't easy in, <laughs> in general. I feel like so I don't know. No, I had no idea that anything was wrong. I mean, they even asked me if I wanted to do the genetic testing to find out, you know, if there was going to be anything wrong with my child, and I said that there was no reason because nothing ran in our families, you know. That's like blood work, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. They just do a simple blood test to find out if, you know, there's Down syndrome, cystic fibrosis, um, a couple of things. And I said, you know, that we had nothing that ran in our family, so there was no need for it. And he said, that's fine. You know, I don't see a reason for it either because in your family history, there's nothing. So I, I didn't even do the blood work. Yeah. So, I mean, I just had a, a difficult pregnancy and... They just ended up doing an emergency C-section because my migraines were so bad it was affecting him. And they delivered him 37 weeks on the day. And then we were like, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> something's not right. Wow. So there, there's something that y'all are putting together. And if I understand correctly, I think y'all did it last year. So she did it last year, but on a much smaller scale. Okay. And um, it's called Autism Moms Give Back. And what it was was last year she picked, I think, maybe five or six families. And it was kind of just a word of mouth thing where she picked a couple of families that were lower income and had children that had special needs or illnesses that were not able to provide Christmas or Christmas dinner for their families. And her and a couple of other moms that also have children with autism provided Christmas for their families and Christmas dinner. And so this year she got in contact with me and said, you know, I'm kind of wanting to do this again this year. Would you be interested in helping? And me being me was like, oh, yes. And I just kind of ran with it. Okay. And then you you helped, I guess, just. How many, how many families are going to So uh, our this goal year? this year is to do at least 15, maybe more, depending on how much support we get. Okay. So what we're doing is families are contacting us. Um, we've been putting the word out that we're doing this. 
And when they contact us, we either can email them or mail them an application and they fill out an application. And then after we get all the applications that are due by November 1st, we're going to sort through them and pick out our families. And we will be giving them presents for all their children. And then if they are also wanting Christmas dinner, we will be providing Christmas dinner for them as well. And then what we haven't told any of the families yet is that we will also be doing a Christmas party on December 15th for all the families to come to, that there will be toys for each of the kids. There will be donation tables set up Mm -hmm. for all of them, where there will be clothes, um, toys for each of the kids, home essentials, toiletries, diapers, wipes, canned goods, anything that they might need. To take home with them. We'll have Santa, a professional photographer to take their pictures with Santa. Um, we're going to have face painting and games for the children and arts and crafts and cookie, yeah. uh, a cookie station and all kinds of things for them. So is that the kind of support y'all are asking for? Like if somebody's a vendor, they can donate their services or yes. if somebody has like food or they want to go buy diapers. Anything. Anything at all. Anything at all that anyone's wanting to help out with the Christmas party or with toys for the kids, for the, the gifts, for the Christmas or canned goods for the dinner or if. You know, whatever they're wanting to do, we will gladly take to help with this. Um, and then if there's also families that are wanting to apply for this. You know, why why do you feel like it's important to give back? You know, the name of the of the entire thing is Autism Moms Give Back. And I think that a lot of people would would be okay if it's like, okay, you know, they're focusing on, on their family. There's a lot going on, you know, at home. Right. Um, but for you to go and, you know, above and beyond and say, hey. You know, everybody's dealing with things. So are we. But we want to right. take the time and and, you know, there's a community that was created out of a out of an issue, you know, mm-hmm. that you formed a bond and relationship. And then you say, hey, out of this bond, we want to spread right. some positivity. Why? Well, I know for me personally, being a parent of a child with special needs, you need a lot of help, you know, whether it's financially, emotionally or spiritually or whatever it is, you need a lot of help. And when you ask for help, it's not always there. And for these families, I want to be their help. I want to be that helping hand that they need, especially in that, the you know, what's supposed to be the most joyous time of year. I want to be there for them. I want to help them because when I needed that help, it was there for me. You know, without any, you know, I want this back. You know, it was just there. It was handed to me on a silver platter. You know, take this. We're here for you. Whether it was financially or it was, you know, like I said, spiritually or it was just emotionally. It was there for me. And now that I'm able to do it for someone else, I want to do it. And y'all have had 15 people that have, uh, like, applied so far? We've had people, yes. We've had a couple of people apply, and we just really want to get the word out there so we can get as many people to apply as possible. So whether we pick them for the full thing or not, they will get something. How can they apply? How can they reach out to you? Um, So right now we're working with someone that's doing marketing that's going to put together a, a page for us. Okay. So hopefully I'll get that up very soon. Awesome. Here, let's go ahead and make a switch, and we can uh, we can keep it going here in a bit. Okay. 
Good morning. This is KHEA Radio, 99.5 FM right now. It is 1019. I'm talking to Caleb Prince. She is with a group that has come together and is making a difference in the community. Um, Kayla, can you kind of share what you have going on? We just talked about it a bit with our Facebook audience, and there, there's a lot of stuff that that you that you have. You have a, I mean, the, your story and your history is pretty touching. And then also, um, there's a lot going on. Yes. So um, we're doing the Autism Moms Give Back. And we're trying to get families that are low income with special needs children and their siblings to apply for this. So that way we are able to give back to them so we can give them their Christmas and their Christmas dinner. And we will be also having a Christmas party for the families that are accepted for the program and that are not accepted to also give all of them toys for their families dinner, um, just a fun atmosphere, Christmas pictures with Santa, and we'll have a station set up for face painting and cookie building and all kinds of things for that. So just as moms that have all been there with children with special needs, you know, we want to give back to the community like it's given to us. Yeah. Um, And you'll be able to speak on this and and share what that's like, but whenever you have a child that has needs and you're trying to take care of them sometimes christmas holiday thanksgiving you know that's that's important but sometimes it may take the back seat yes it can be so stressful especially when you're financially tied down because your child does have special needs and you know just having one or two or a couple of siblings you know if you are doing everything you can and you're working hard but just having to pay for you know, that child's therapy or their diapers and, you know, food to put on the table, the last thing you can think about is Christmas, and we want to be able to help them with that. Mm -hmm. So that's not something they're having to stress about, and they can enjoy their Christmas. Yeah, and you have have a son. He's six years old. Can you share his name and then some of the things uh, that he's been able to overcome this far in in his life? So my son's Declan, and he's six. He has cystic fibrosis and autism, gastroparesis, epilepsy, and a couple of other things. And so far, he's done really well um, with his cystic fibrosis. He's about to have his third sinus surgery once he has it. Hopefully, it'll clear up a bunch of the problems he's been having recently with it. Uh, With his autism, we've actually done a lot of ABA therapy and speech therapy and OT and he's come really far. He's talking now. He uh, actually plays really well with other children. He's in general ed, um, which with the one-on-one aid, which is really well and um, does really good. He's actually been seizure-free for a couple of months, which I'm really thankful for. We work really well with his neurologist, and so he's doing really well. I'm really proud of him with how far he's came. Yeah. You know, what, what is your hope and your, your dream and your vision for Declan, you know, for, for his life? Oh. What do you see happening? Oh, you're going to make me emotional. Don't do that. <laughs> so my hopes and dreams for Declan is really just for him to live his life and be whatever he wants to be. I mean, one day he wants to be an astronaut. Another day he wants to be a firefighter. And I just want him to have his dreams come true and to live that long and happy life and hopefully have a cure for cystic fibrosis so he can do that. I mean, really, that's all I want. Is that, you know, whenever it comes to, I guess, like research for that, um, you know, there's so many different 
different things going on and I, i'm sure there's I, i'm not aware on it is there any like breakthroughs on research you mentioned the 70s from now there's been a lot right happened. used to i mean children didn't even live to go to elementary school and now the projected medium is between 30s and 40s that you know people can live but you do still have a lot of children dying with cystic fibrosis so we're definitely not where we need to be but they are having some new drugs come out where um it, it is definitely taking us a lot further than where we used to be so i think we're on the right path yeah for sure do you believe in prayer yes i i have i had some issues when my son was diagnosed with everything it 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 took me a while (laughs) I mean when your child is just bombarded with disease after disease after disease I mean it definitely makes you step back and take a minute yeah yeah I understand yeah I can definitely you know understand that just like question like you know why is this this happening to my child you know why he didn't do anything he was just born right you know and I would say that the Declan is six years old is already an overcomer he's a fighter mm-hmm. he's made it you know to this this point and um that's that's not easy right you know so it's uh it's an it's a very encouraging inspiring story in, in Declan to you know just be bold every day to get up and keep doing it you and know he's the it, happiest person doing it too mm-hmm. every morning he smiles and we sing our good morning song and he's just happy you know y- you mentioned Alicia, who had the vision for Autism Moms Give Back last year, and then this year y'all are making it bigger and want to touch more people, which is awesome. You you met her in a Facebook group. Right. And what's the name of that group? And, and can you share, like, I guess what it, what it does? So this group is called Families on the Spectrum. It was uh, made by Krista Fields, and she's an amazing autism mom also. She has two kids with uh, autism also. And... Um, she made this group so people and families around the Houston area could come together and connect where we just all didn't feel alone. And we get together. A bunch of us are really good friends now. And we have um, outings together. We have events. We fundraise together. We um, have play dates, sensory movie dates for our children. Um, we're actually having a, a Halloween skating event for our children at um, in Clear Lake. Um, Fun City Skate? Yes. yes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she cool. rented it out, yeah. and um, it's going to be a sensory-sensitive one for our children. That's important because I will say, you know, anytime I've been there, it is like nuts. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the lights, lights. It's, it's like, nuts. woo, in your face. It's a party, like, from the 70s, and yeah. just, like, lights lights everywhere, and the music yeah. is, I can't hear myself And it's think, the same. It's, yeah. Like, when we go to the movies, we rent it out. We rent the whole theater out for our kids, and our kids can dance and sing. We leave the lights kind of on. The movie isn't as loud. And yeah. it's our kids doing their thing and watching the movie the way they want to watch it, you know? And then the moms, we have our own thing. We go out. We've had painting with twist parties where we all get a little intoxicated and we share our own horror stories and we paint the best we can paint while we're a little intoxicated because you know we need to let out some steam too you know those those places like anytime i see somebody's (laughs) painting like they always look really good i know well and then the more you drink the better they get that's probably why maybe i don't i don't drink so i don't know i don't know but i've never been to a place 
and I see, but I see them, and and I've had my like my sister and my mom like, oh, they go, and they don't drink either. But like as far well, as like that stuff, but it's just like how do you get so good at painting? Not or everyone drinks either, and they're probably the ones that took the best <laughs> pictures that night. <laughs> but it's it's really funny. Yeah. I mean, but we do that. We have like you know mom brunches where we all kind of come together and have brunches, and we try and invite all the new moms. You know, we do things with the caregivers, yeah. the grandmothers and everything. We have dad's things. We have beach days. I mean, this group is really good. And then Krista, the way me and Alicia actually met was Krista did this thing where she said, okay, look, y'all guys, y'all are not talking enough. I'm going to take you and pair you up with somebody in this group because y'all need to make more friends. And me and Alicia actually got kind of put together. And me and Alicia are actually both very outspoken, very in-your-face kind of people. So was it a good relationship from oh, the beginning? from the beginning. Because sometimes, you know, you'll see, like, one person like that, and then the other person is, like, is very, not opposite. Like, and it's quiet. just like, oh, that Like, works. you have the lion and the mouse. No, we're both the lion. Cool. Is, is that sense of community with the group and then, you know, someone taking the initiative to, like, hey, let's pair and, and make this bigger? You know, yes. how, how important is that community uh, it's for, for you guys. great. Krista is really good. She's very good at getting things going. And I think it's been good for Krista and me because Krista's the same. Like, she comes up with these ideas, and then I just make it happen. I'm trying to get more things going um, and trying to make things organized. Like, she did the skating event, and I kind of helped her with it. So we kind of made this come to life. I mean, it was all Krista. You know, everybody comes up with the ideas, and I make it happen. So I'm gonna see if I can come up with an idea real quick. <laughs> if we can make th- make this happen, no, but that's cool. You know, and that's and that's a gift. I would say that that is a gift because you know a lot of people, everybody has a dream, but being able to take the steps necessary. Right. You know, um, you had mentioned even your parents saying like, "Hey, you should be an event planner. You should right. do this." You know, and then you kind of do your thing. But when did you realize that? You know, that it was a gift, that this is something, hey, I can make people's visions come to life. I've never thought it was a gift. I just, I don't know. Like, I guess it started with my son planning his birthday parties. Yeah. I make really big birthday parties. Is it over the top? Oh, it's bad. I have a cousin like that. Well, it's because (laughs) my son had very bad, bad first year of life. And so I kind of thought of his first birthday party as his coming out party. I mean, I didn't let anyone really around him his first year. He was so sickly. He had over 30 hospital admissions. Um, He was in the NICU a bunch. It was just really bad. I mean, when you're signing pieces of paper saying that they're allowed to give your son this, that, and the other that could, you know, kill them and, you know, everything like that, it's very scary. Right. And so... It was bad. And so his first birthday party was really the first time a lot of people got to meet him and anything like that. So his first birthday party was a party, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think from that point forward, I just kind of I learned how to make it happen. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the medication and we have Dr. Aaron Trapper from Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center in on Tuesdays. And we talk about taking a an approach that is more natural you know, mm-hmm. treating your body with, with food and diet and nutrition right. and just, you know, there's different things you can do. But we talk about labels. You know, you read the label of or you hear a, a commercial on for a prescription. which and you, you don't know, know they, anything in it. Yeah, and it's just like I can't pronounce any of these. And then it says the side effects. And it's like, wow. Oh, yeah. Man. 
Oh, when they're telling me all the side effects for some of his stuff, and I'm just, yeah. okay. And they're like, but we promise this is going to be better than the other outcome. I'm like, okay. Yeah. How has that, that experience been, you know, with doctors, whether that's like trusting, whether that's um, communication, every, everything really? I've only had one bad experience with the doctor, um, which ended up very well for me, actually. Um, all of his doctors I've really liked. One doctor, it was a GI doctor in particularly, and I'm I'm not going to name names, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not that person. But um, I had a really bad experience with this doctor, and they sent in another doctor, and we were actually inpatient at Texas Children's, and um, she came in to check on him, and I, I actually went off on her, yelled at her about all the problems I'd been having, and the only thing she told me was, are you finished? Do you feel better now? This is my plan. I was like, okay, I like you. So she's actually his doctor now. So all the bad the other doctor did brought me this new doctor. So I I guess it was, you know, a blessing in disguise. So Yeah, just being able to understand. Yeah, I mean, she came in, let me yell at her, get my frustration out and cry. And she's like, I've been there. Wow. I totally get it. Yeah. Man, uh, right now, let's see, it's 1032. This is KHEARadio.com, 99.5 FM. We're going to take a quick break on the FM. We're going to keep it going on Facebook. If you're watching, feel free to share this on your social media stream. Feel free to share it in a Facebook group. We're talking to Kayla about Autism Moms Give Back. It's an event that's taking place this year, you know, during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. If you would like to donate, get involved, and help bless some local families, then that's this is an opportunity for you. This is KHEA Radio, 99.5 FM. I see Alicia got on. She said, hey, <laughs> hey, Kayla, sorry I didn't make it. And then <laughs> Thanks, she said, Alicia. Kayla is my autism mom buddy. And then she said the group is called Families on the Spectrum. I said, hey, share this in that group. Share it in the in the Facebook group there so we can uh, help spread some positivity and let everybody know. She had a bad morning. We had the doc. The doctor's never fun. They, they were late. And so she was like texting me. I can't make it. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> you got it. You're doing great. Have you have you done stuff like this before? No. I've just I've done a lot of public speaking. It's a gift. In ninth grade, we did our public speaking class, and she was like, "Get up there!" And I was so nervous, but ever since then, I've been fine. Yeah, that's me. In school, even in college, I took like public speaking, and it was it was bad. I, really? I did not do good. No. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we were sharing on Facebook about doing this last night, and she posted a meme like blowing in the bag, like she's gonna barf. <laughs> I was like, "You're gonna be fine." <laughs> what What I found is. The way to get over it is just to just be, do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah, you do it, and then one day it's just you it realize. Just, yeah, it's just it doesn't talking. matter anymore. No. Yeah, that it's just comfortable. So, it's the, there's only one way to do it, and some people they don't even have the nerves, and then, yeah, so tough. It's tough. <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's an interesting experience, but again, yeah, if you're watching on Facebook, let me know what you got going on today, and if you are willing to donate, get involved, uh, maybe. Or if you want to apply. Or apply as well. We can put my email up and they can email me. What is it? I'll type it in. Kayla, K-A-Y-L-A, mm-hmm. 1288 mm-hmm. at att.net. At att.net. And I put that in there. Um, I'm going to say email. Mm-hmm. If you would like. To apply for the program. To apply for the program. Or get involved. Send me an email. Hit me up. Mm-hmm. 
only got one spelling error in there, and I'll correct that. <laughs> I hate when that happens. iPhones have ruined us. Oh, yeah, like just autocorrect. If you can't autocorrect me, it's... Oh, the other thing that I like is, you know, autocorrect will now do a um, like an emoji. Yes. So there's some, like, I always just type in sun, and then I just like doing the sun with the face. They all turn orange on my phone, like the ones that need to be an emoji. I'm like, I don't emoji. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Son, like I'm going to I'm gonna put in, like I had the library from Texas City in and I always do like book. And so I have a thing of books. <laughs> I love emojis. I just, I'm not a big, emo- I put the laughing one and that's about it. I just, I don't emoji. Is it the laughing crying one? Yes. <laughs> Everyone does that one. Yeah. He's pretty good. There was a while I was doing the cat, like the laughing cat <laughs> crying emoji, <laughs> but... My son loves on fate or on um the iPhone how the little meme emojis that you can do your face and talk. Oh yeah. He and figured emoji. that out on my phone. I'm like, I didn't even know my phone did that. You're sick. Declan? Yes. I'm in my thirties. I didn't even know my own <laughs> phone did that. And you're six and you figured this out. Hey, here's something we can talk about. So today is Crystal's <laughs> birthday. She turned twenty seven years old and she's Ooh, concerned yay. about first of all, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. She's concerned about she said, I'm 27, I'm closer to 30. And I was like, I'm 33. I told her, I was like, you hit 30? It doesn't matter. Like, seriously. You know, like, it was there's nothing traumatic about. when I turned 30. Thank you. But I turned 30 <laughs> last year. See, see, someone else gets it. I, I was traumatized. My husband was like, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm turning 36 this year. It's not that bad. What is it? That, like, I think it's a female thing. Say, is it different for guys Maybe and girls? Maybe it is. Maybe it is because I feel like time operates differently yeah, for women. Yeah, because you feel like once you hit your 30s, things go down. Yeah. It, it's not, I mean, now that I'm in my 30s, it's not so bad. What do you mean so bad? That means it's like kind of bad? Well, I think <laughs> like you, people look at you and they're, they think, okay, you're more mature. You're not in your 20s anymore. But in your head, you're like, okay. I'm an adult. I need to have everything together. Exactly. I feel like and I'm... you and you don't always feel like you have it together. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm 27 now. That's officially my late 20s. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not mid 20s anymore. Yeah. It's late 20s. It's like I can't make any mistakes anymore. I'm not <laughs> young anymore. It's like I'm old enough to know better. Yeah. I gotta be better. Right. It's like Makes 30s. Sense. You have to have it together, but you don't always feel like it's together. Yeah, I, I didn't have it together at 29. I don't have it together at 33. No. <laughs> like 30s, you feel like, okay, I should be married. I should have a kid. I should have a house. Yes. All and of I, that. Yeah. All of that. That's kind of how I felt when I hit my 30s. It's like, okay, I'm married. I have a kid. I'm still in an apartment. I really need to get that house secured. Yeah, but it's like, goal, you, and you know what? With you. But it's a really nice apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's it's luxury that's good at least. <laughs> you know, with, with the steps that you take to plan autism moms give back with the steps that you you know for <laughs> the over the top birthday party <laughs> it's the same thing like with the goal you know like hey we're gonna get in a house in you know this many years and i guess it's just a matter of like trying to make it happen but yeah like this year we're gonna do the autism moms in the houston area so alicia thinks i think really big and she's probably gonna comment on this because especially once she she hears me so she's thinking next year we're gonna do like texas i'm thinking next year we should do the united states <laughs> Reach out to the U.S. Let's go. I'm like, let's go worldwide. Yeah. I want to make this into a foundation. She's like, whoa. I'm like, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, 
if you have a vision, you know, there's all I these different things. I want to make sayings, it happen. But, yeah. I think we can make it into something big, like a nonprofit in a couple of years. I think you can. Yeah. Y'all are doing really, some good things. I really think we could. Mm-hmm. We just got to get the group of people that we trust. And is she commenting yet? <laughs> Not yet. She did put her email up here a little while ago. It's okay. The Lido. Lido1 at yeah. gmail.com. She said, hey, you can email me as well if you want to get involved or sign up. Yes. Or maybe we have people that watch it from all over the world. Yes, I know. So maybe people are going to be applying. That's why she was so nervous. <laughs> this is the Houston area this year. We should <laughs> we should verify that. Mm-hmm. Houston yeah. and surrounding areas. I'll go pretty far, but not over like a hundred and something miles. Yeah, Houston's big. It's like this qualifies somehow, and it's yeah, like sixty miles. Away uh, we've had people like this morning. Oh, I posted in this group called Helping Hand, and this morning a mom needed baby formula from Connecticut, and I couldn't help myself. I, I bought her some baby formula and had it let ready for her in Walmart this morning. That's awesome. And <laughs> I feel like technology and, and even you look at like the delivered groceries that they can do. Yeah. You can literally send some send, you know, oh, if somebody needs baby formula, you could probably like get H E B like to deliver like Instacart or something to their house. Yeah. I texted or no, I FaceTime my mom this morning. I go, Mom, why did you make me so giving? And she starts laughing. She goes, What's wrong? I go, I'm going to go broke before this is over. She goes, why? I go, because I'm buying baby formula for people in Connecticut. I go, I'm always buying people things. Well, that's all, but that's a that's a. It a is good a thing. very good trait. Very but giving. sometimes my husband's like, we have bills first. Don't forget. Yeah. Do you have any other kids? Oh, hold on. My son's school's calling me. Okay, yeah. Give take me one call. second. Sure, yeah. So Crystal, 27 today. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. The big two seven. The big two seven. Just three years away from thirty. <laughs> so I wrote a song that um, one of the lines was like mapping out a plan to be a better person by thirty three. So that was like the whole thing. So I'm thirty three now. Why thirty three? Well, there was a lot of reasons. Because I was. It Care was a long elaborate? time away. <laughs> yeah, it had to do with uh, with Jesus. It had to do with <laughs> <laughs> it had to do with where I was in my life. Uh, and that seemed like it was far enough away. Plus, it rhymed, and just like trying to to mirror my life after Christ. Like I, you know, every day that's that's the goal. You know, try and be more Christ-like. Sometimes you hit it, or you think you hit it, and you know, a lot of times you don't. And that's 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 what it is. So that that line it was, yeah, the song. Yeah, I won't even say the name of the the, the song, but that that song kind of goes in and out of just like where where am I at in life. I want to be a better person. I'm trying to be a better person. And that's that's the line. Like, like just got to get my get my stuff together. Well, you're 33 now. Would you say you've accomplished everything you wanted to in the song? Oh, she's locked out. Oh. <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like at that point in my life, I've accomplished more than I thought that I would be able to. And then in a lot of ways, I probably am still trying to hit the mark, you know, and I, and, and again, like you said, you set big goals. And that's one thing I've learned since then is just set them big, you know, and if, you know, there's all those little isms, like if you hit, you know, aim for the, aim for the, you know, whatever. Like shoot for the stars. Yeah. Sun. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like one of those things. But yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't set a goal too big. 
Um, if you don't hit it, it's cool because you still probably get more than you originally planned on. And I think so. when you go back and look at your life, you're going to realize that some of the things you thought were important weren't really that important. That is so true. And then, like, what you actually accomplished ended up being, like, bigger and better than what you thought you were going to go for. Yeah. So Life switches. Switches up on you quick. And oh, I'm sure, yeah. like, whenever you had whenever you had Declan, again, you were a paralegal. Oh, yes. Probably I had it all planned stopped. out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd planned to go back to school and become an attorney. And I wanted my own firm. Yeah. And you mentioned whenever you're talking about, like, the legal field, mm-hmm. something about, like, arguing and debating. Are you good at that? I love that. <laughs> I usually win against my husband. The, the Although my, my husband's really good. We're, we can go tit for tat. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Has has being married stepped your game up like uh oh, whenever yeah. it comes to that? Like negotiation skills and Oh yeah. I'm like, you do this, I'll do that. He's like, no, you do this, I'll do that. I'm like, okay, look, I'll raise you. I'll do that, you do that. And then it's <laughs> just like, okay, deal. <laughs> Sign here. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm like, all right, let's get this document. We're going to document it. You got to sign. <laughs> Being married, the one thing I learned is I just say, I'm sorry I was wrong. Oh, he'll never say that. Even if I feel like I'm not wrong. He won't even tell me I'm sorry. And then what the best part is whenever he does something now, I'm like, do you remember on such and such date you did this, this, and that? <laughs> and whenever he tells me something, I'm like, give me an example. When? You have like the book, like you making notes <laughs> in your cell phone. It's and like he, actually on October. And he can never tell me anything. I'm like exactly. I can give you an exact example. October third, like, two thousand fourteen. <laughs> you know, you said this. He and hates that. it. I have the best memory. Wow. And he's like, no, that's not fair. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I just say I'm. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. He's and I'll make worst. myself be sorry. Because, like, in the in the grand scheme of things, like, <laughs> it's not that important. It's never that important. I forgot to take the trash out, you know, and, you know, and sometimes it gets like that. And I'm just like, you're right. I should have done that. <laughs> or you had asked her. I, I said I would do that. And I didn't. I'm sorry. You know, I'll do that now. I'm sorry. He hates the trash. I hate the trash, too. It smells bad. <laughs> you know? But. Mm-hmm. My son's always <laughs> like, Daddy, take the trash out. It stinks. I'm like, oh. All right. Hey, is there anything else? We can go back on the FM, and is there anything else you'd like to share about everything? But I'll go ahead and switch us on. Just, we got like 15 seconds. We should be able to wrap it up. Here we go. Give me Jesus. Good morning. This is KGA Radio, 99.5 FM. I'm Gardy. It's 1046. I got my good friend Crystal here in studio. Happy birthday, Crystal. What's Hi, up? everybody. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday <laughs> to me. Yay. And you brought a cupcake and I and it's gone. I got some crumbs. I'm gonna eat those. <laughs> was it good? It was it was awesome. Good. So thank you to to the, the beautiful welcome. person who made those cupcakes. My stepmother, Amy. She's yes. wonderful. Thank you, thank you. Hey, you have any plans? Like well, what's the what's the plan for the day? So I'm at work. That's my Exciting. plan. Exciting. Okay. Know. And then what are you doing tonight? Tonight <laughs> tonight I'm leading children's church. Well, I mean me and my group and yeah. all the volunteers. But I work in children's ministry. So we'll be doing children's ministry. I'm in the dance room. And so we will be dancing it up, eating cupcakes. I brought sixty cupcakes. So <laughs> Oh wow. Kids children get on. Yes. Children and sugar. Oh yeah. Hey, the hand in hand. You'll be like throwing the the party and the kids are all about like my son, he's six years old as well. Oh. And he's all about, yeah, cupcakes and having a birthday. Actually, oh, you know and what? he loves the dance room. He is one of my best <laughs> They're going to dance even better tonight. <laughs> Actually, you know, now that I think about it, he's he has mixed reviews to other people's birthdays. So just keep an eye on him. 
Because he's always like, he it's wants it to be my his birthday. birthday. <laughs> yes. Which his is coming up in November, so you'll get your time. Ooh. You'll get your time, son. So we have Kayla, Kayla Prince here in studio, and we were sharing about her son, who is six as well, yes. Declan, and um, some of the, the struggles that he's overcome so far in his life. And I feel like, you know, he's going to, you know, keep keep uh, overcoming and he's already an overcomer, you know, as it is. And mm-hmm. y'all are doing a great thing. Can you share one more time how people can get involved with Autism Moms Give Back? How can somebody donate? How can they get a hold of you? How can they apply as well? Okay, so you can email me at Kayla1288 at att.net. And I believe you posted it on the Facebook page. I did, yeah. Um, so you can donate, you know, either toys or canned goods, services so for our Christmas party. You know, if you want to do balloon animals, which we are currently looking for, face painters, which we are currently looking for. Um, you want to donate uh, food for our party, anything like that, arts and crafts. Um, if you want to donate toys for our actual give back for our families and food for the actual give back. And then also if you want to apply, you know, be one of our families Mm -hmm. to receive the Christmas or the Christmas dinner for the actual give back. And if you want to come to the party, you know, this is for any low income families that are struggling this year that have children with special needs, you know, for the children and their siblings, you know, we're wanting to really give back this year. You know, people have helped us and we want to help them. So, yeah, it's like the paying it forward. Yeah. Oh, definitely paying it for. We we know what it's like to have help when we needed it. And we just want to help everybody else. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see how this you know, evolves and what it turns into this year and, and then next year. next year taking to the United States and the world and <laughs> everywhere that We're it is supposed to go. We're going to take it over. All right. It's KGA Radio 99.5 FM. Be blessed.